Welcome. You're listening to Janesville Mobilizing for Changes Together for Change podcast, your source for local substance abuse prevention matters in Janesville and Rock County. Here's your host, Aaron Davis. Good morning and thank you for joining us. This is Aaron Davis, your host for Together for Change. Today we have with us Sherry Faber, a Janesville Mobilizing for Change Project Coordinator. Welcome, Sherry. Thank you, Erin. Frequently I hear about ACEs or adverse childhood experiences. I hear about it on the radio, in the newspapers, on billboards. Sherry is here today to discuss with us what ACEs are and how they can affect us. So Sherry, it sounds fairly self-explanatory, but can you explain to me what ACEs are? ACEs are adverse childhood experiences, are things that happen to children before their 18th birthday that are negative experiences for them. The 10 ACEs that have been identified are um, three types of abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, and sexual abuse, two types of neglect, physical and emotional neglect, and five types of household dysfunction. And those things include uh, a parent who's abusing substances, domestic violence in the home, a separation or divorce of your parents while you're growing up, mental illness in the home, and uh, having a parent who's incarcerated. So there are 10 ACEs that were identified in a study. And those are the types of things that are considered adverse childhood experiences. A couple of those things, they sound fairly common. For example, uh, divorce is pretty common in um, households today, and mental illness is also on the rise. So it, it kind of sounds as if adverse childhood experiences can happen in just about any household. Absolutely. Uh, ACEs are very common. Over half of people have at least one ACE um, when they look back on their childhood and do their ACE score. Um, in Rock County, we have pretty high rates of ACEs, so we're talking about probably close to 25% of our people have four or more ACEs, so they're very common. You had mentioned that ACEs are something that happened before you're 18 years old, um, you know, so we're talking about childhood experiences, but do they also include, uh, for example, something that happens when somebody is an infant and they may not remember it, or you know, when they're 19 but still in high school, would those be considered adverse childhood experiences? They absolutely can be. Um, in infancy, we don't think about children remembering things that happened in those very early years, but although they don't form what we can think of as a memory, like a picture in their mind, it really does impact their body and their brain. So it does have a lifelong impact, even though they don't have what we think of as memories. And how is this a big deal? I mean, a bigger deal than, for example, what happens to you as an adult and you have a traumatic experience? Traumatic experiences in adulthood impact us as well. But when it's something that happens in childhood and it's these type of things that happen that have a really long-term impact on you, then that impacts the way that your brain and your body develops. It impacts your stress response system in your body, which then has uh, changes that affect you for the rest of your life. What's an example of something that might change that will affect you for the rest of your life? 
Um, your response to stress, for instance, if you're living in an environment where there's a lot of stress, for instance, you have a mentally ill parent, a parent who's abusing substances, a parent who's abusing you, you are going to be constantly feeling stressed. And so the stress response system that you develop in your body and brain is going to be different than someone who's not growing up in an environment that's got a lot of stress. And that's going to impact the the hormones in your body, which it causes, can cause inflammation, which then can long-term lead to heart disease and cancer and other types of physical outcomes, as well as that stress results in coping in ways that are unhealthy a lot of the time. So you are more at risk for turning to substances to cope, um, smoking, drinking, using other types of drugs as a way to cope with that ongoing stress in your life. So when you talk about the stress response and it being different, uh, is there an increase of adrenaline, an increase of uh, heart rate? I guess, how does that work? Absolutely. All of the things that you think about when something stressful happens are what's happening in your body when you experience those stressful events. Your adrenaline, your cortisol levels, your heart rate, um, just all of those things are being activated over and over and over. For a person's normal stress response system, it's supposed to be activated for about 20 minutes because the idea is something happens, you have to respond with that fight or flight or freeze to survive that scary thing that just happened. But when that scary thing happens over and over and over and over and you never get to a point where you can really let that stress response system relax and go down to a baseline level, then it sort of resets itself at a high level. And so if your stress response system is always activated at a high level, you're really going to be hypersensitive to stress. You're going to be someone who has what they would call a short fuse. You may really struggle with just everyday coping with things that may not seem overwhelming, to most people might feel very overwhelming to you because it doesn't take very much to push you over that red line into fight, flight, or freeze mode. So when you listed off the different things that are considered adverse childhood experiences, one of the items that you mentioned, you know, as we talked about was divorce. When I was a child, my parents got a divorce when I was 11 and I didn't consider that traumatic. I mean, it was very sad. And my sister and I struggled with it for a little while. But then, you know, after it was over, we felt better. So how does that, how can somebody determine that it is a traumatic event that would get me that ACE score? Um, you know, anything like that would still be considered an ACE because ACEs are not rated by how severe they are the way that the study was conducted. It was either a yes or no. Did this happen or did this not happen to you during your childhood? So that's why you can't use ACEs to predict on an individual basis what the outcomes are going to be. Because one child's experience with a divorce or separation may be very, very different than another child's experience with a divorce or separation. And one child's um, abuse may have been very limited to a few times where another child may be abused every single day, but they still get the same A score. 
So when we talk about ACEs predicting negative outcomes for people, it's really on a population level, not on an individual level. So when we talk about if you have a high ACE score, your risks are very high for these negative outcomes. But that doesn't mean that if one person has a high ACE score, that person is definitely going to have negative outcomes because we don't know what exactly their experiences were. So you've mentioned a couple of times the study. Can you tell us a little bit more about the study, what it looked for, and how they came to their conclusions? Yeah, the ACE study was conducted in the mid-90s by two doctors, Dr. Anda and Dr. Folletti. Uh, Dr. Anda was with the CDC in Atlanta, and Dr. Folletti was with Kaiser Permanente in California. Dr. Folletti and Dr. Anda had both noticed in their individual work on totally different issues. Dr. Anda was doing, working with heart patients, and Dr. Folletti was working at a weight loss clinic, but they both had drawn these connections between childhood abuse and these health problems that they were dealing with as doctors. So they decided to do this big research study at Kaiser Permanente where they had 17,000 adults involved in the study who uh, they did their ACE scores and talked about all of the things that had happened when they were children and then they looked at their physical medical outcomes and compared those. And they realized through this research, one, that ACEs were very common, and this was a population of people who were mostly middle-class, college-educated people. And they realized that the higher your ACE score from 0 to 10, the higher your risk of pretty much every outcome they looked at, from substance abuse to smoking to cardiac disease to mental illness, and to obesity. So pretty much all of the things they looked at, they found what they call a dose-response system, where um, the higher your dose of childhood adversity, which is your ACE score, the higher your risk of having any one of these negative outcomes in adulthood. And you had mentioned that on an individual level, you can't really measure that or predict that. But on a population level, what is the increased percentage of having these adverse effects later in life because you had adverse experiences earlier in life? Well, as I said, it's a dose-response relationship, which means the more ACEs that you have, the higher your risk. And each, each outcome has a different percentage of risk that you're be increasing. When they talk about having a high ACE score, and generally they're looking at four or more ACEs. If you have four or more ACEs, you're considered to have a high ACE score, which also means that you have a high risk of having a lot of different negative outcomes. It's also true that, that ACEs are interconnected. So you're, if you have one ACE, then the chances that you have another one are higher. So the more ACEs that you have, it's more likely that you're gonna have more and more because they are connected to each other. For instance, if you have a parent who's abusing substances, then you're also more likely to be verbally or physically abused by that parent while they're abusing substances. And so these things all kind of are interconnected in a way that means that the more ACEs you have, the more at risk you are to continue to get more ACEs as you go through your childhood. So how do ACEs relate to JM4C? I understand that JM4C works uh, primarily on youth substance misuse. Yes, 
Yes. Uh, I originally got interested in ACEs a few years back when I was working with youth and with a program called Teen Intervene. So I was working with youth who were on pre-expulsion from school, who had been caught at school using some kind of substances. And in working with these students, it became clear to me that almost all of them were using substances as a way to cope with childhood trauma that they had experienced. They were telling me, I'm using because it helps me forget the bad stuff. And so when I saw this repeatedly with these students, I really started to wonder about this connection between childhood trauma and substance abuse and started digging deeper into this and learned all about the ACE study and um, all about that connection between adverse childhood experiences and substance abuse. All right. Well, thank you, Sherry. We're going to take a quick break to hear from Sheriff Knutson about the social host ordinance, and then we'll be back. Underage drinking is against the law. Hello, this is Rock County Sheriff Troy Knutson. Under Wisconsin state law, it is illegal for adults to provide a location for underage drinking parties, even in their own home. The first violation will cost you more than $450. Don't worry about being the popular parent. Be the responsible one. Those who host lose the most. This message brought to you by the Rock County Prevention Network. All right, well, welcome back. So just before our break, Sherry was telling us about what ACEs are and why JM4C is interested in them. So now, Sherry, could you tell us about what ACEs look like here in Rock County? Yes. Um, in 2017, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel did an article where they were looking at adverse childhood experiences and counties with opioid uh, overdose issues, and Rock County was one that they highlighted. And one of the reasons they highlighted Rock County is because in the data that they had, Rock County had the highest rate of four or more ACEs in the whole state, and it also had the lowest rate of people with zero ACEs. So Rock County is really a place where we need to be addressing ACEs as a community because we do see high rates of it here. How was that data collected? The data was collected through what's called the BRFIS, which is a survey that every state has to do for the CDC. The ACEs questions are an optional component on the BRFIS. And Rock County or Wisconsin has chosen to do that ACEs questionnaire since 2010. So Wisconsin really has some pretty good data on ACEs. Is this a study that gets sent out to homes, you know, for people to fill out? I think it's done over the phone. All right. And so what does, what does that tell us about Rock County? Does it tell us that we have a huge percentage of people who have been abused or neglected or that our divorce rates high. What well, can when we look at the individual data on ACEs in Rock County, um, what we see is the number one rate, the number one or most popular ACE in Rock County is verbal abuse by a parent or adult in the household. And that's about 36%. So that's about the 30, number one. Yes. That's Even the higher number than one. Divorce. Yes. So the number one is um, verbal abuse. So and this is adults who are reporting these things happened to them when they were a child. So they were called horrible names by an adult. They were verbal abused, verbally abused in some way or another. That's our highest one. Um, our second highest one is substance abuse. 
substance abuse in the home, and that is alcohol misuse and um, illicit drug abuse combined. But even if you take the illicit drug abuse out, alcohol abuse is still the second highest ACE in Rock County. So we have real issues with children growing up in households where there's substance abuse or abuse of alcohol happening and that those children are being afraid and fearful and traumatized by that happening in their home. It really surprises me that those two issues are higher than divorce. Yeah, divorce is the number three one. So when we're taking a look at this data and those numbers are so high, what is it that the county can do or the communities can do to try to reduce negative outcomes for youth that have adverse childhood experiences? Or is it a matter of trying to change systems so that those ACEs don't occur? Right. There's Both of those are really important ways to start working on addressing ACEs. One is to reduce the number of ACEs that children are experiencing. And the second one is to reduce the impact of those ACEs on children when they have experienced them. And so some of the things that we can do to what's called build resilience. So it's helping children have the skills to bounce back when bad things happen to them. And there's ways that we can do that. Um, The main one for children is to have one caring, competent adult in their life. So everyone can take on the job of helping be a caring adult for a child in their life, whether you're a grandparent, aunt, uncle, neighbor, um, teacher, you know, anyone in the community can try to be a good role model and to get to know a child. It's important that they feel like someone really knows them and really values them so that they feel that sense of worth and then they can move forward in their life knowing that, that they're okay. Um, So being that one caring, competent adult can really make a difference. And how are you promoting that here in Rock County? And we've been doing a lot of work with the schools in um, doing trauma-informed schools training so that teachers understand this concept. The school's been doing a lot of work on their own as well at building relationships, and that's so important. Um, And then we also try to promote things in the community where people can volunteer, such as CASA, Court Appointed Special Advocates, um, Boys and Girls Club, Big Brothers and Big Sisters. There's a lot of ways that people can get involved in the community and take on helping children in this role. Um, Another way that that we can um, build resilience is for through individuals can build their own resilience and you can there's ways to build your own resilience with, do, using things like mindfulness and mindfulness is just trying to keep your mind in the present there's a lot of different exercises and things you can do to try to be mindful but that can really help calm that stress response system down and help you build your own resilience how are As, kids learning about the different ways that they can build their own resilience. I mean, I'm thinking of that child that is maybe six or seven growing up in an environment where they're being abused or neglected. They're unlikely to be learning this resilience from their parents. So how can we teach them? Well, I think a lot of that is falling onto the schools that our teachers and our teacher's aides and our school staff are there with them at school on a daily basis and are trying to build those relationships with those children so that those children do feel known and seen and understood. 
Um, so I do think that it is falling a lot on the schools. But they're, like I said, neighbors, friends, relatives, anyone can really take on that role and help build up our children. And then another thing, as a community that we can do, there's things we can do, and those things are creating opportunities in our community for children to thrive and families to thrive. Because it works the best if the child is getting what they need from their family. And so when we do things in our community that help support families and build families up, then that's helping the children as well. Um, and schools are an important piece of that. Having positive activities for families and children to do together. Um, just having support for positive parenting and support for parenting in the community. Um, creating social norms that really value families and value letting children be children and value that that innocence and fun of childhood. Um, and then another one is social connection. And that's people need to have relationships with people. And so having opportunities for families to come together, for community members to come together, to do things as a group. I think Janesville does a great job of offering a lot of things where people are able to come together and have fun. And that can really build some of those social opportunities for families and children to connect with other people and feel a part of something bigger than themselves, which can really help build resilience. And JM4C offers some items or some activities as well that families can go to. Uh, so what are some of the ones that you work on? Um, some of the things that I work on, we've well, one thing that we have just started is prevention in the park, which is on the last Tuesday of every month, we do something at the Fourth Ward Park that's family friendly so that we can try to get families out doing fun things together. Um, in terms of trying to work on ACEs in Rock County, uh, the grant that I'm working under, we've worked with a program called Handle with Care. And Handle with Care is where law enforcement notifies the school district when students are involved in a potentially traumatic event. And this program gives the school a heads up so that they can make sure that in those next few days after that incident, that that student is getting uh, trauma-informed care. That means that if they're acting up, maybe they're going to send them to the counselor's office instead of punishing them, expelling them or treating them in a really punitive way so that we can help them heal from their trauma instead of kind of piling on when they're already struggling. So does do the teachers and school officials hear everything about what happened to the child? Oh, absolutely not. Handle with care is just that. It's just a notification. This student needs to be handled with care, and that's all the information that the school gets. That sounds like the logistics of it could be kind of tricky. Yeah, that's what's taken some time is we've done a lot of work on training the law enforcement, training the school district, and working on the, getting those cute lines of communication to flow. All right. Well, I mean, that sounds like a really great program. Is it happening throughout the state? It has, it's happening through most of Rock County at this point. Several other counties have expressed interest in our information, and I believe there are a couple other places in Wisconsin where this is also happening. It started in West Virginia, and it has spread to multiple locations around the country over the last couple of years. And is this an evidence-based program? It is not considered evidence-based at this time. I don't think they've done actually the research on it, but they are working on it. There is a researcher from the University of Milwaukee that is doing research on it 
uh, right now. So at this point, it's really more like a pilot that just seems to be working very well nationwide. Yes. Okay. Well, that sounds like a really great program. Yeah, it's it's a model pro- model program that they're replicating all around the country because they're seeing positive outcomes, even though they haven't done the actual research to be able to call it evidence-based. Sure. And so when you um, talk about ACEs, you talk a lot about the school, you talk a lot about you know how parents and community can positively affect a child uh, when you know, when they're informed and aware. What are some of your other big partners that you work with on this program? Uh, We worked uh, with uh, Rock County Human Services. We've worked with them as a partner. Um, The Janesville Police Department has been a really great partner um, in working with us on training not only about handle with care, but kind of about how to handle children when they're out on a call where children are there. Uh, We've also worked with Uh, Child Protective Services and the police on a program um, called Drug Endangered Children. And that's where those groups really work together on cases where children are in homes where there's drug abuse or drug sales occurring. Well, I really appreciate all the information that you've given me today. If anybody wanted to get involved, how could they get a hold of you? Um, They can email me at sfaber at jm4c.org. There's information on our website, jm4c.org, all about ACEs and resilience and all kinds of things that you're welcome to look at and learn more. And you can join the Rock County Trauma Task Force, which meets monthly, and we work on all of these things as a group. That sounds like it's probably a pretty busy group. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today for Together for Change. And please stay tuned for our next episode and have a great day.